I'm putting a line through them right now. I was there yesterday just as a spectator. Uh, a lot of angry fans, like really, really disappointed. There's losing and there's losing, then there's losing the way they lost yesterday, which was uh, as poor a loss as you'll see. I thought they were outworked by Fremantle, like through work rate. I thought they were too tough for them, Fremantle. I thought they were outcoached from a strategy perspective by uh, Justin Longmuir. I thought Essendon had no answers in terms of their inside 50 work. It was Peter Wright. I'd sit, sit it on his head. There was nothing other than that uh, through the midfield. We'll get to some vision shortly where you know, those guys didn't want to work as hard as the Brayshaws and those types of players wanted to work through the midfield. So it was damning just about in every department. And Tabernar kicked seven, which sums up pretty much my Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon footy club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, that sucked. Uh, so that was... This isn't going to be a fun podcast, guys. This yeah. really isn't. Scotty and I are going to really, really try <laughs> not to say something stupid here because we've both had enough. Yeah, there's a there's a famous Michael Jordan quote that comes to mind. Uh, he basically says, "The minute you get away from fund- fundamentals, whether it's proper technique, worth ethic, worth ethic, or mental preparation, the bottom can fall out of your game." Uh, it's spot on, and that's 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 us. That's that's where we're at. It's a, a very, you know, it. There's just games that are unacceptable, and that game was completely unacceptable. And that third quarter, um, it was a complete embarrassment. Uh, it was shocking as a fan to witness. Uh, I mean, they really they actually went on a fifty-eight to two run at one stage, and just just completely. I, I never say the word given up, but just just folded. Uh, and you know, in the coach's own words, they weren't up for the fight. Uh, that, that kills me. To hear Gia Truck say they weren't up for the fight kills me. I, I don't mind that we're missing Merritt and Stringer and Langford and, and all of these people, right? I don't mind that we're missing them. And if we had it got beaten because of that, that's fine. But to hear the coach say that we weren't up for the fight, which means we, we didn't want it. We didn't want to win, right? When it, when it yeah. was challenged, we didn't want it. Man, that that's what's changing my opinion. And, and I think the, the, the podcast opinion as well that <sighs> – everything's changing now because the, the for the coach to say the players weren't up for it means that there are now serious, serious problems at the club. Yeah, I mean, how can, you know, we're speaking as fans, but, uh, and we don't get to see all the inside workings and that sort of stuff, but you're one and three, the game's basically tied at half time. That third quarter is so crucial for your season to stay alive. Yeah. You're one and three. And to just fold uh, and without a yelp, I, I just, I scratched my head uh, and I'm looking at, you know, there's a, I fully understand, I, I tweeted out the, the 
you know, that nine players are 25 games or less. I, I totally get that. And that's why, you know, some people had a debate with me because I said, I think Frio go in favourites and, and because they're, they're three and one and they're, you know, it's a, they, on paper, they, they looked a slightly better team. And I picked Frio, I think, around about eight or ten points. Said, oh, I think it would be a really tight game. I just think we Which may... Which is cool. Eddie yeah. had Frio. They haven't won there in ages. But what had happened after half time um, is, let's just be, let's be plainly honest, leaders like Shield, Parrish, McGrath just stopped working. Yeah. And it was a Frio just clearance after clearance after contested ball after contested ball, uh, and look, you've got you've got sixteen players at the Eston Football Club that had a co- total combined of fourteen tackles. That's just not good it's, enough. No, that's effort, man. It's effort, and it's unacceptable. You've got Shield, Parish, and McGrath combined for four tackles altogether. Hobbs had five at half forward on a debut. Like, that should not happen. No, nah, it should not. Like, uh, that, that a, a kid shouldn't be second in tackles. Um, and so, you know, what do we have? 36, 37 tackles only for the game. We only had 38% of the ball. And that you know, when you look at the stats, Frio had something close to 50% of the ball, or 48 or 50% of the ball. They clearly owned the ball. So we're doing the chasing and, and Frio smash us in tackles. Like when yeah, it's it's like so that's work rate. It's nothing to do with inexperience. There's fundamentals you got to go out on a ground to do, and we didn't do it. And and a lot of those senior midfielders need to actually get their act together because they look great sometimes offensively. We all saw the second quarter. Like let's face it, I Dylan Shield at half time would have been close in my votes. At half yeah, time. Because he was working well. He he, you know, he had a good connection. He was running through. He was lying his eyes. Parrish was having uh, a decent run of it. I thought McGrath's energy in the first quarter was really, really good. And how do you like what do you do as a midfield coach? I mean, if you're Carousella and you're the midfield cro- coach, what are you doing at half time that has that core senior group? I call them senior group. They are. They're plenty of experience. To just stop, like, and not, you know, to have Fremantle, all credit to them, they lifted their rate by 15, 20%, and you just get, you're just uh, cones. You just fall over. They're just running around you. And there's, you know, there's damning footage of them just walking and, and you know, and Frio players just literally running around them without them giving a yelp. And I just, and that's as frustrated uh, as I've been for a long time, last year I had a lot of time for the Essendon Football Club. There was really good signs that were changing this culture around. There was, you know, and I, I really liked how Truck was growing. What the hell has happened to where we are today? Because uh, Truck is getting out coached. The 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 senior players are not. Responding to yeah, him. and not responding to him, not responding on field for any leadership, and that you have to go with the captain and vice and deputy, all with that. No matter what their performances are, who's stopping a ten goal run? Like who's going? I don't want pats on the bat. I don't want you. She'll be right, mate, and all's good. I want hey, that's not good enough on this field. That we we don't stand for that. And where is that kind of like? Because 
Hodge, you know, if you want to, Luke Hodge would not stand for that crap that no, we serve. Neither would Brendan Goddard. He'd have, he'd have torn people new ones. It would be, it would be completely. It'd be fire and brimstone because their performance warrants fire and brimstone. At, at where we are in the season now, pats on the back and so, oh, mate, I know there was some good stuff. And I love Heps for it. And I've defended Heps and will continue to defend Heps as the best captain that we have at our club. Bar none. End of story. But unfortunately now, somebody else, be it Shield or be it McGrath or be it any of these other senior guys, someone has to insert a foot in some people's rear ends. They really do. Well, someone needs to sometimes do it to themselves. I mean, and honestly, but so if you stop, if you're like in the, because we're talking, we're talking, a, a, you know, a deputy. We're talking, we're talking leadership. That you know, Shield is obviously what he's twenty nine years old. You need those guys to show the Hobbs and that, and that's you know that's a serious conversation to have because I don't want that crappy culture that came out of halftime. To a Hobbs looking at a debut, yeah, that is, that's not like you, it's uh, awful. You almost want to go to Hobbs, mate. By the way, what you saw from your leaders is completely unacceptable at this club, and you know for us to have success, that has to completely change. And then you look, then you look at the administration. Our our, our two debutants in the last few weeks have how we've we've brought them into the club has been an embarrassment. We put Tex Wanganin on a bench and make him a sub for his first game and he doesn't get a minute. We bring Hobbs in and put, and put up a performance like that. We, we allow for the entire game, Peter Wright, to be double teamed. We allowed the whole game for him to be double teamed. We don't make any changes. It's 10 goals. Holy crap, they've kicked three in a row, four in a row, five in a row. How about somebody in the coach's box makes a damn change? Yeah, we're just anything. <laughs> Dude, move somebody somewhere. Take Ridley out of the friggin' back line and put him in the forward line so we can take a mark. Do the exact opposite. Chuck somebody in the back line spare until we stop this enormous bloody 10 goal run. And then when we think we've got it back under something resembling control, then move the guy out from that we don't have a spare in the back line anymore. But don't just continue on. With the same bad performance, or allow the same bad performances to happen without making a bloody change. Yeah, and oh, I, look, I totally agree. It's just like how you know. I mean, Matthew Lloyd, you can hear it in the at the start of the show. Our game plan is to sit it on Peter Wright's head, and and it's so pathetically predictable that the Fremantle just set up two tools all around Peter Wright to go. Well, that's all. That's all you've got. I mean. If you know, if you guys or forwards don't want to spread, don't want to run hard to create space, and only basically everyone just be stagnant, stand on the ground, have your back to the, have your back to the play, where the only option is to kick it long to Peter Wright, then we'll set up accordingly and we'll rebound from it and, easily. And but by the way, we'll rebound and we'll show you how we'll run hard to spread uh, on the wings exactly and to right. create space because we'll. And we'll work the ball mechanic, you know, methodically, not mechanically, methodically down the ground and score. And that's, you know, again, with, you know, 
last week people said I didn't have the there was enough enough data for us to be angry that kicking 108 points a game. It was another 108. We're still averaging 108 points. Yeah, it's, and it's, Fremantle are no, not a 107 point. They are side. absolutely not. Like no t- way. Tabernacle, despite his love of the Essendon Football Club, should not be getting seven goals against us. No uh, way. He's not that. Kind Again, of we've got our back line is not that bad. We've got Ridley, who's on his on his day one of the best in the comp. We've got Laverde, who's exceptionally good. But when they are, when the whole, fr- oh, almost said it, <laughs> almost said it. When the entire midfield is nothing but cones, when they're standing there and not chasing, Tabernar can kick seven because it's put out on a bloody platter for him. It's put out in front of him, and Paul Laverde has no chance. Laverde one on one with Tabernar and a half decent midfield, he ain't getting anywhere near the ball. Laverde give him a bath. He's an average to good footballer at best. And we gave that bloke, he made him look like Jason Dunstall because we allow the ball, like we did with Tomahawk and like we did with Jeremy Cameron, and we just allow the ball to be put on a platter for their forward line. And we can't do the same at our end. We can't make a decision to move somebody or do something because the the players... And coming out of the back line, I swear if they go down that same wing one more time to a, to a contest down the same wing every single time, I've got... We, I would kill for Truck to tell me why they do that. Oh, if, if Truck was on the show, I would... You know, I feel like I'd love on Zoom footage and say, look, have a look at this footage. Have a look at every point kick out. Why is it under your instructions that Ridley, who's a great kicker of the football, kicks a measly kick 20 metres to the left, trap us into a corner, and then we kick it down to the wing to, and even worse than to that, Sam Draper. That person in the corner, isn't he, he hasn't kicked it there deliberately. He's the the he's got the hurry on from the umpire and he just has to bomb it down the line. Yeah. It's not like he gets that quick kick and then thinks, oh, I'm gonna shoot it quickly down the line to the marking option. He has to sit there and wait and wait and wait because there's nothing. And then when he gets the call on, the, the dude on the ruck runs at him and he just has to bomb it down the line to Sam Draper, who hasn't taken a bloody mark the entire year. <laughs> he can't take back marks. He can't take a mark to save himself. So, so yeah, so the, 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 the percentages is that we'll lose the contest. And we're the, we statistically, I think we are the worst um, stoppage football team, stoppage clearance football team in the comp. And we keep kicking it to a stoppage clearance. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it, man. <laughs> it's like spread, run. Like, have we? Have, are we not have, fit enough? Are we? Are we playing a game plan because the coaches know that we're not fit enough to run all day? He, um, Truck even said that Sammy um, blows up at the end of a game. He can't run out a full game. Yeah, well, <laughs> how do you have that? Uh, I, don't, I don't get it, man. That's a, it's going to hurt Phillips. He said Phillips is going to hurt because Sammy blows up at the end of a game. What the hell is he blowing up at the end of a game for? He's done nothing. Yeah, well, why isn't why isn't what's his name Darcy? Why Darcy's is, a he's a he's a mountain of a human. He should be blowing up at half time. <laughs> and he's running out fine. And he's running it out fine. And he, I, I, yeah. And so, and look, just to not just to add to the pylon, why have we lost the sudden ability to switch play? Like we're just not. Is there any thought of switching the play to the other side and creating overlap? I just think oh, that they're yeah. trying to kick it to these guys that that Truck thinks are very good at what they do, so they're going to just do it. 
Like they kick it to a pack mark because they think we've got Sam Draper, who on his day can leapfrog people. He can jump over the top of people, right? And he thinks that, that oh, no, 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 Sammy will take the mark and he'll get a mark and then he'll give a good quick handball off to Shearley or run past him and blah, 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 blah. It's but not, it ain't working, man. It doesn't happen that it way. It doesn't happen that way. And it hasn't happened all season. And when you, you don't see, when you see Sam having the worst year of football I've ever seen him play, why wouldn't you go for something different? You'd grab your coaches and go, we can't keep going down the same wing for the same bloody thing every single time. Hey, Riley's getting double teamed every time we drop the ball on his, not give it to him, drop the ball down his throat. How about we set up Perkins one-on-one or we get Riley out of there or we put him at centre-half forward or we do something. Yeah. But the whole game, it's just the same thing. Now, if they're trying to get the players to learn how to get around these issues that they're facing, then, Truck, can you say it, please? Can you say it in the press conference? No, no, no. We left righty two-on-one the entire game deliberately. We did it (laughs) to teach a lesson to whomever or about this and about that. Then if that's the case... I have no idea what lesson you... No, neither do I. But wouldn't it be nice for him to say, yeah, no, no, we knew that. Well, but it'd be nice for a journalist to say. I mean, because I'm the journalist, I'm going... Why was Peter Wright having two opponents the whole game? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. And, and I, I totally get the Phillips injury to start the game really sucked. It did really because Peter Wright had to go into the ruck to, you know, I get the whole structure. Max Gorn doesn't have somebody helping him. But, um, but well, no, he does. He does. He has the other. Sorry, let Jackson, me rephrase yeah. that. But he does 80% of the freaking ruck work, right? And the Phillips thing hurts because it doesn't allow um, uh, Ridey to spend all the time inside 50. That's fine. I get it. But, but th- yeah, but when he's full forward, the, the, the Fremantle have a very basic plan that Longmuir set up and, and we had no plan B. And, the and no none of f- us are AFL coaches, the, man, but we can see it a mile We off. have no flexibility it feels like anyway from afar. Uh, we're not coaches, so I get that. And everyone might say you're not even. Or, but if from afar, fine. On level three, <laughs> down the bottom of level three for me watching, I can't find plan Bs around around our It's the same every system. week. Because I just don't see it. I, I see minor little moves. That one, say, one time we switched – um, Cox and he went full forward and they did a switch and he marked the ball and yet, but it rarely happened again and so uh, it's just you know it, it's just but for me in this game particular after the halftime break I was I came away more livid with actually the 25 to 26 year old midfielders yeah. and, and Shield 29 but I, that's where I came away going we know we need leadership like uh, because We've got, like, we had so much growth from so many players and they've all gone backwards. And it's, But backwards a long way. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Ridley's a shadow of the Jordan Ridley but he winner. can't be, man, because the ball's and, just yeah, and you know it's, in there. You know it's not, I, I generally feel like, I'm watching Jordan, I generally feel like it's not so much him, but it's a, it's a, it's a system breakdown that's making him do compl- have to do completely different things that's, that's not his game. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, there's just so many players who have gone down in form, but let's go through some numbers, but we'll go to a break, uh, and we'll try and make sense of it. That was, uh, that feels a little bit better. I think that's from before the break. Uh, 
But yeah, we'll, we'll go through it. And, and the numbers aren't going to be good, man. Like we're going to go through the numbers. We're going to look at the players and it's going to still be real bad because the the stats reflect the effort, well, man. And in some ways, yeah. You're going to go through some possessions, right? And you, I know this sounds bad, but you're going to go, who cares? Yeah, exactly if, right. If you had 22 to half time and, but, and then you didn't show up the second half or you got cheap kicks, who cares? That's if, it. If you didn't play team defense, I don't care what stats you got. Yeah. That's, I know it sounds brutal, but I really don't care. If you didn't want to play by and by the team rules and, then we should actually just review the stats to the first half. Like, seriously, because the second half, I agree with what you just said. It doesn't matter. The second half doesn't matter because you didn't turn up to play. Yeah, it was the whole team. It felt like the whole team. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it. So, <laughs> Okay. <we're> so, <laughs> eventually, we'll go to a break. Now, let's go to a break. Uh, we'll talk about it. We are fired up. Look, Mate. we are passionate about this club. Uh, and I'm, I'm as forgiving as most people. Um, I was... Obviously came into the season quite optimistic. Uh, did I feel like we're going to be top four? No. I thought we'll finish sixth or seventh and have a slight improvement on our team defense, which I saw the whole preseason, and I don't know where it went. Uh, but uh, we're passionate fans, uh, and there's some games that just trigger something and I go, man, this is such a crucial game. Marvel, Frio, got to win this to keep the season alive and to see that us dive and just – Give up, I have to say it, I, I, I was gutted. Uh, so let's get our break and we'll talk after it. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, the stats. One interesting stat I'll start off with, which is we did this last time. Uh, when we're talking about the hitouts, right, and I'll just go to the stats again. So hitouts, we win 39 to 31. But again, clearances to them, 42 to 30. I know. It's the it's Sammy's done strange. okay in the middle was a tap-out Ruckman, right? Useless around the ground, completely useless around again, the ground. But again, the connection. Again, but the connection ain't there. I think it was there for the second quarter. I think the second quarter we had a 15, 20 minute period, but we got smashed in clearances and yet we've, we've won pretty handsomely the hitouts. It's just a very, very frustrating stat uh, to see. But again, stoppage clearances, man, 27 to 19. It was just, we, you know, contested ball 134, 117. We're just not tough over the ball. Let's just face no. it. We're not tough over the ball. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, <laughs> at some point, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> half of me, you know, half of me at the end of the game goes, you know, with Hobbs, he got five tackles. Going, well, you know, some point you had to make a point and go, well, if you don't want to do it, then we'll send an 18-year-old kid. Mm. We'll show you up in front of the whole, yeah. uh, whole I've, side. I've said this in the last three podcasts. I've said we don't need to hit the panic button yet and bring an 18-year-old kid in because we need him to save our season. We need him to do the things that our All-Australians midfield and Caldwell and Shield and McGrath aren't doing. Give the guys enough credit with enough credits in the bank to say those senior guys are going to lift enough that we don't need to bring in an 18-year-old kid because, ah, the whole thing's fallen to hell. We've got to bring Hobbs in. 
Now, unfortunately, I'm right there now. I'm right there now. Seriously, I have a 180 degree turn. If if Parrish and Merritt and the Parrish and so and Shield and Caldwell and McGrath are going to put in a damned performance like that, then I say I look squarely at Hobbsy and go, mate, we need you. We yeah. need you in this side now. We are at that kind of panic station where Hobbsy has to come in and do the things that we drafted him to do, to be an in, under, strong mid. And I'm sorry, mate, you got to do it at 18. You don't get to do it at 19 or 20 when your body's actually filled out from being a kid. You have to do it now. And you have to pick up a roll of toilet paper and wipe the rear end of 25-plus-year-old players <laughs> who aren't performing. Right? That's, that's what I feel like we have to do at the moment because the guys... The 30 possession from Parrish and all of that sort of stuff, great. Parrish is getting his 35s. That's what he does nowadays. But I bet you a million of those would be one-meter handballs, right? And it's not acceptable to not run the other way. Getting your handballs and moving forward and getting your kicks is fine. He's had 22 handballs. Yeah. There you go, right? So, but running in the opposite direction is part of the game. If you if you average 17 handballs, oh, sorry, 17 disposals, and you run both ways... I'll take that over 35 and none. Oh, I think I'll take Nick Martin's 17 possessions and two goals at the moment. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I know we've been super negative. I'm going to go just for five minutes. No, bad luck. with <laughs> a, few, a few positives. I just have to start with something. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. He's, and it's very loose. Uh, and it's Real some, and loose. some of it is just effort. It may not they may not have not even played spectacular, but I just saw effort for most of the game. Matt Guelphy, credit to your son. Uh you do put in. I I'm thankful for it. Um you're not you're not A grade or anything like that, but you work your butt off and you're earning every game you play. And, and the, the sorry on that subject, the Difference between Guelphie and the rest of the team is chalk and cheese. It really illustrates the difference between gut running, energy, and effort, and not. Yes. Uh, second, Jay Kelly. Uh, Great <laughs> game, man. I mean, it, you can tell how much it's been down there. He's had 26 disposals. I know, almost it's insane. Back. Uh, so that's way too many disposals than he should have, which tells you how much he had to clean up. On, yep. our, on our midfield performance, but he held in as strong as he could. Credit to him. I think he's been had a, a really, really impressive year. I loved his uh, comments after the game uh, on 3AW. He, that was an honest. Yeah, that was just, that was just we're a poor team. Yep. And, and I loved it. He was just saying, look, if you, if you can't do it for more – he basically said, if you can't do it for more than a quarter, well, that's what separates a good team and a poor team and we're a poor team. So and he's, a, he's an Essendon guy now. He's come over to Essendon and he's an yep. Essendon guy. But he's only been an Essendon guy for five games, right? So he can actually make that comment to say, we're a good training team, we're not a good match day team. Yeah, right. And it's a very interesting distinction he made. It is it? because he obviously said it. It, it kind of, uh, you know, you, people have heard my frustration at going what I see at training to what I see. Yeah, at, on it game makes day. no sense, man. And people can hear my absolutely confused state of mind. And I, I agree with Jay Kelly. Like we're training well. We're doing their training systems. I go, you know, some are quite complex. Some are detailed. There's a lot of training involved, um, and there's a lot of around team defense. And you see it. You can see what they're trying to do. You, you're nodding your head. We're all nodding our head, going, "Yep, I can understand what Truck's trying to in- implement. That makes perfect sense." None of it 
is on game day. And it's just an astonishing thing. I wish I like I'm so wish everyone had the visual that I have in my mind because it, it makes it more astonishing to what you see preseason to what you see game day and go, how can that be so apart from what you valued at training and working hard? Like the, I'm not Real I, hard. I say, I say, I say this honestly. How can you have that value of training that that the voice and there was, you know, uh, I remember guys who were yelling and screaming, guys, we've got to get it together, you know. And it was real, like, how can months later that just be completely abandoned? That would be trucks. But abandoned on game day. Yeah, abandoned on game day. That would be trucks. Uh, obviously, his whole focus, you go, what is happening on game day that I'm missing? That And I understand the theory Training, you're training against your own own friends, your own opponents. So I get that, you know, when you have an opposition, they don't want to hurt you, they want to hunt you. It's a different, but boy, t- to see it break down so fast and have no resemblance of how you train, that's a big concern. Cause, and then effort on top of that. Yeah. Effort on top of that, plus the breakdowns in the systems, is panic stations for me now. Like that's, if we, if, if what we were putting out on the park didn't work, from a um, from a game plan point of view, you could see it, but for whatever reason, we don't have the cattle or it wasn't working. That would be fine, but when you add a complete loss of of defensive anything game plan wise, plus a complete lack of effort, yeah, yeah. that's panic stations. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, the, the defensive numbers are so bad. I, I can't I can't even believe it how bad they are. But. I, so I gave Groffy and um, Kelly a shout-out. I'm going to give one more player a shout-out. There may be a few others, but personally me, and this this might get people go, no, but I thought Zerk Thatcher actually played really well on, on Lob. Massive BZT shout-out. He's going to be in mine. Yeah, I, I thought he was – you consider how much of the ball uh, came down. Um, look, I yeah – Rory Lobbs hasn't kicked a goal. Um, he played in the ruck sometimes, so he did get 12 possessions. But when he played down and matched down on Zerk Thatcher, Zerky's made him scoreless. And, you know, for a lot of <laughs> inside 50s, all credit to you, Zerk. Uh, you, you're still heart and mouth when you got the ball. I get that. But defensively, you were really, really sound. Uh, and I'm going to give you uh, hats off to you. But that's... That's about as close as to it, it, man. He- uh, Heps did well, but Heps was all over the shop. Um, he was t- trying to be all things to all men, and and that's great. Good on him and stuff. But um, Darcy, twenty two handballs. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, Heps had twenty one too. It's just over handballing, and then like even in Heps' case, let's let's be honest, he's doing too many of the hospital hand passes yeah. uh, to handballing backwards to guys and further pressure. Um, it, it ain't it's, working. It's got, it, it ain't working. It ain't working. I thought he. I actually thought his first half. I'll say his first half was really, really impressive. Yeah. I, I actually don't laugh. <laughs> I actually thought he was out, but he probably was close to my best player. I think he had twenty odd possessions. I thought they were all earned. I thought he was trying to be constructive with the ball. It went went south a little bit the way he's using the ball in the second half. Once the pressure ramped up, um, he he was a victim as. Uh, not victim, but he was as, as guilty as anyone uh, of 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 doing cheap handballs and and putting it in 
in guys in worse positions. So he has to he has to no doubt have have a think about where he's at and, and where the leadership's at and 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 the voice that needs to be done across this group. Um, Nick Martin for mine. Every time he touches the ball, I have immense confidence in what's about to happen next. Be it a handball, be it a kick, be it a crack at goal. Every time the guy touches the ball, something good happens. It's his, what, third game of football? Fourth. Fourth, so fourth, fourth game of footy. Still, he's averaging something like 22 possessions and two goals still. And him and Guelphie, for me, are two blokes that you look at and go, the difference between those two blokes and the rest of that team is chalk and cheese. Yeah, the, the class of Martin and the, and the thought process um, and then Guelphie's efforts uh, are the two differences. And it's... Probably shouldn't be the case, but, but no, yeah. it should be the other way around. That's what I was hoping for for Sheil and Hind and and Smith and all these guys to show that level of confidence and maturity and have Nick and Nick Martin and all those guys come through after them, mate. I want to get to now the, the long run up, MCG Grant Hill off the long run up. Ready? Um, S Draper, Nick Hind, P Wright. Now. I'm going to take him out of it. Draper, Hind, Perkins, yeah. and Waterman. We did no favours to Wright. I can't no. even tell him off. No, I because can't. It's, he's double teamed, and the coach didn't help him out. So I'm I mean, even in Truck's press conference, he he, he goes, "Oh, Wright, he did a great job. He uh, was double teamed all night. Brought the brought the, yeah, the ball to the ground. It, yeah, yeah do, anyway. Um, so <laughs> Draper, Hind, Perkins, and Waterman at eight, eight. Six and six total a total possession. Yeah, at least Waterman's kicked two goals at least. But right, yeah. two two goals fine, but six. Uh, Perkins six, um, Hind eight, Draper eight, um, zero marks from Draper again, and then you add to that Nick Cox. Nick Cox kicked a goal, good on him. Ten possessions. It's just, it's not enough, man. It's yeah. I, they're they're the guys that I don't know what the hell has happened. Well, Perkins is the odd one. So let's. Uh, Perkins is the only one I feel like in my mind, uh, I don't want to give him an out, but I went to training, which is their main session on Friday. It was a two-hour session. Mm-hmm. He, didn't pl- he, wasn't visi- he wasn't there at all. Um, okay. So him and Tom Cutler were not there. Now, Tom Cutler, I know, was at the end of his protocols. Um, and I actually, you know, I was trying to find out what's going on with Perkins. Um and I wondered in my head, because obviously when other guys have a crook or have the flu, it can pass on to another guy, right? Yeah. And and I said to Grant in the second quarter, gee, Perkins looks really lethargic like in this game. And it just doesn't look right. I'm only going to vaguely maybe give him an out if that was the case because he didn't do the main session of training, which is normally is mandatory, right? Unless you're... Mm. something has to be seriously up. Uh, I'm assuming he got rested at home because he may have been a bit crook and you don't want to give it to the other guys. Okay. So I'll I'll let that be because he's actually had a good year pr- prior to that. Like he's kicked two goals. Yeah, 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 okay. He's yeah. been co- constantly kicking goals. Um, so, okay, Tex, have a big Anzac day, fine. But you're right, Hindy's form has obviously gone backwards fast. Uh, that he's, I think he's last week. Obviously, it was better defensively. It was poor, but uh, but his yeah, that's his dare is really left his game. I don't know what's up. The whole backline, mind you, you've got to keep into probably keep in mind that the whole backline would be nervous as hell. 
they're constantly being barraged, barraged, barraged with the, the ball coming in and coming in in really bad, awkward positions for them. Like, you want Ridley. The reason why Ridley is so good is because we had pressure coming through the middle. So Ridley could afford to leave his man and go and influence other packs and take marks in front of other packs yep. because the ball wasn't being put on a string in front of Tabernar. It was being bombed into their forward line as well, and Ridley could do what Ridley does. Yeah. But at the moment, Hindy, I have no doubt, is just wondering what the hell he's supposed to do. Because he, even when he, he breaks a line, looks up, there's nobody, nobody's got their face in him. They've all got their backs towards him, standing there, putting their hand up. Nobody's uh, yeah. moving for him. I mean, but... Last year it was the Hind and Ridley show, and they were just fantastic together. Yes, and we just can't, we, we we're just not getting that output. I mean, even even Redman, uh, he was good last week for sure. He was okay at best this week. Yeah, okay, but just hasn't, just not as still as a consistent over the five games hasn't been as dynamic. Um, so their half back line is a genuine concern with Hebs there as oh. well. It's just when do you think you'd ever say that uh, when you had. You had Heppel, Ridley, Hind, yeah, and Durham. You, obviously, we're used to with McKenna and Saad. You know that. Yeah, kind of, our halfback line was always pretty strong, um, but it was too when it was Hind, Ridley, and Heppel. Yeah, I thought last year. Yeah, it was, it was a, great. It was really good. It so. was one we didn't have to worry about. We brought in Durham as a bit of um, assurance. We brought in the McDonough dude as a bit of insurance, and now it's it's leaky as hell. So, uh, yeah. So, just. <laughs> Nick Cox, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried than the average fan on Nick Cox. That's me being very honest on the podcast. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I there's kind of like this idea of Nick Cox of what he could be, and I don't know what it is uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm worried. I'm just a bit worried. Uh, 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 is he getting talked up a bit too much? And maybe that's a little bit media talk that they got sold a little bit on his six or eight games last year there where he played pretty well. And on. he's 200 centimetres in his left foot, right yeah. foot. and But he got, like, <laughs> sorry to Calvin Toomey. I know, I know the draft Deathberg said he's a good kick, but he's not. He's not a reliable kick at all. Uh, that's one thing I could do say. If he's having 40 metres out from shot on goal, I actually think he's more going to miss it yeah. than not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm. there's definitely concerns, but I do acknowledge for a 200-centimetre player in early in his second year, it's way too early to make any outlandish kind of calls or anything. I'm going to give him another year or two, see him grow, see him develop, uh, see his body, ch- body change shape. Um, so fine, uh, Reedy obviously uh, you can add to that as well. Mm-hmm. So that so the taller guys, I think you just have to give more time. And but it may be a case for me where it's a forward line kind of spot rather than a wing. Uh, I'm more key position ish. Yeah, I, I I'm not sold on him as a wingman. That's I think more my I yeah I I, I think wingman have a special IQ of how to find the footy. And I think Nick Martin clearly ha- has shown that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Of what a wingman kind of should do. Yep. Um, and I don't find him having that yet. Maybe maybe it'll come, but I don't feel like he reads the game as a wingman I too. Don't, I'd be interested to get your view. I don't see him inside 50, Nick Cox. I see him if his body builds up. I see him. I see him as a potential. But then you're then you're talking about a like a, just another tall forward that he's a pure tall forward. I don't think he's a pure tall forward. 
His, his ability yeah. to kick with his left foot and his right foot and be athletic-ish for a bloke that size, he wouldn't be able to do it inside 50. Because inside 50, he'd just be leading and he'd have full forwards, uh, he'd have full backs smacking him and stuff. If I, I see him as a high half forward. Okay. I see him as not quite a wing, but a high half forward who can... And one thing we did with him last year that we're not doing this year was that at 200 and some odd centimetres, he's a match-up problem for people, right? So why don't we, instead of going down that same damn wing every time with kick-ins, why don't we get Rids to sink a boot into one and try and get Nick Cox to mark a ball on the opposite side of the, of the ground? He's 200 and some odd centimetres, mate. You put it in the wrong spot. You need a ruckman to get near him. Right, and he can take that mark as an outlet, but I see him as a high half forward, a guy that can take marks just just almost near the wing, turn around, and if he's free, kick it inside fifty or slide back towards fifty and take a mark at fifty. But I, I agree, I'm, I'm worried about Nick as to. But again, you've got to apply the the filter of the whole team is playing bad. And it's affecting everybody. It's affecting Nick Hyde. It's affecting oh, yeah. Ridley, for goodness sake. Close enough to our best player in that entire team, right? And he's, he doesn't look like half the player he used to be because of the whole way the team has no game plan and we've got the effort is so incredibly low. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite an irony that we spent quite a lot of uh, money and and resources on development. <laughs> and, and in the off-season, we, you know, we had... Uh, yeah, we had several guys coming in, including Rance and all that. It's yeah. Ironically, Rance defensively. Um, and it just hasn't translated. It hasn't worked, to, man. Yeah. it's. It looks like it's going in one ear of the players and going straight out the other. It looks sensational at training. And, but who cares if it doesn't work on game day? So that's what they've wow. got to – that's that's a mental thing that they've got to apply. And, uh, yeah, it's so, – So what the hell happens next week? Well, we've got an eight-day break, thank God. Yeah. So we play Monday. Um, oh, look, I mean, I'm concerned. We I'm get no, we get pumped. Is this that's that's the honest stats, man? We get pumped Essen- against Collingwood at the moment. We get pumped. <laughs> this is going to sound funny, right? Historically, I'll say this. Historically, if I know the Essendon Football Club well, the every time I've thought in my head, we're at rock rock bottom. And oh, we're going to get pumped next week. We pluck one out of our butts, win a game, yeah, and then but then this whole season still remains kind of. I oh, know it's, it's just, but they but jump up when they absolutely positively have to. But uh, you know who knows? Uh, obviously, on current form, Collingwood's probably going in six goals, easy, five six easy, goals, man, because they're, they're playing actually really really good football. That's and on the wider ground of the G, man, if we're we're unable to spread it, Eddie had. We're absolutely uh, yeah, ruined the, the G. The Dacosses and all those kind of guys are going to tear us apart. Who look hungry. Yeah. The f- annoying yeah. and oh, it pains me to and say And they'll this. see us. They'll see that. I mean, the coach, the problem with what Essendon's got is. The There's coach, blood in the water. The, yeah. The coach, Every other team the can coach see the blood go, in the water. Well, guys, this is, you know, they, they're for the taking because they're not spreading. They're not working hard. Their, their confidence is down. You come in with energy. Down. You come pressure and energy, and this club might fold. And they fold. It's it, and the the coach would be saying, might not be the first quarter, might not be the second quarter, but I guarantee you, into that third quarter, if you keep that pressure up, they'll fold. Uh, and yeah. we have. Well, David King basically said, uh, Essendon at the moment to all other clubs is the nicest team to play. I know in the AFL because it's so predictable. So, uh, yeah, so uh, 
Is there anybody to come in? (laughs) Do we make any changes? A a lot of people ask me this, and I kind of made the snark comment back, and I kind of half mean it. Go well, the change needs to be attitude. Like I, I can bring in one or two changes, sure, but does it mean anything? No, it doesn't. I can bring in Tex. I can bring in Kane Baldwin, who both both played well. Who probably does that change the landscape of the outcome? No, not at all. No, because if Parish McGrath. Shield, Shield don't compete for four quarters, the game's over. Uh, and, and the leaders don't stand up. It doesn't matter. The changes are irrelevant to <laughs> to the uh, the guys who are 24 and over competing for four quarters. Uh, Jeez, I hope there's a, a midfielder dinner at Hep's place, mate. Oh, I, so, hope there's a, but I hope I, there's I, a dinner of some description. Maybe. I'm, I, I feel like half of me doesn't want to see it on Instagram because I've seen the head No, no, no. Don't put it on dinners. Instagram, man. Do it in the middle. Do I've, it at 4 a.m. Yeah, I've seen the Instagram dinners of the back line and twice now. No, I don't want like, to hear about it. It's like, uh, we're not all friends, buddies. Actually, what you need is a bit of a yelling match. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You need people to be held accountable for what they're not doing. And I reckon in that midfield match, they should have – Carouseller and truck at the meeting, two blokes that are authorized, fully authorized, to tear people new bottoms. Yeah, well, and what what is truck thinking? I mean, truck's such a renowned defender in his playing days. What what he you know? I'd love to be a fly on the wall because I just can't, for the life of me, think he accepts. That defensive. No, he absolutely wouldn't, but it's how he reacts to it internally. Yeah. And it doesn't it seem to be, me yeah. that he's tearing people new rear ends. Uh, he can't be because Heps wouldn't do it. Heps will be all about, come on, boys. Come on, we're getting close, boys. Come on, boys. We're getting close. I love Heps to death. Love him to death. But Heps has got to place a size whatever boot in some rear ends. He really does because ultimately – I know that modern footballers don't respond to that stuff. They don't respond to fire and brimstone. It gets you the sack as a head coach, right? But there has to be a point at some stage where somebody from the club, and it has to be the head coach, closely followed by the captain, needs to be able to hold professional athletes accountable. Well, and if it does, if 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 it loses Hep's friends and it loses Truck's friends amongst the playing group, then so be it. There has to be. They have to look at Dylan Shield and, and McGrath and these senior guys and say, you're all on north of 600K a year. You're a professional athlete. You are paid to perform. If you get beaten because of talent-wise, then fine. Right? And it is there is enough, there is enough intelligent, experienced administrators and coaches at the, that club that will know the difference between beaten because Melbourne are just a wildly – talented football team, right? Motivated and talented football team. Max Gorn's the best ruckman flying around. We got beat, right? Because of the much better football team than us. That's fine. But when you get beaten with effort like that, that's the part at which somebody, somebody has to either foot them in the bum because they played really bad or foot them in the bum because we don't pay you 600 damn grand to perform like that. There yeah. has to be somebody firing the team <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, you're not entitled to, to have that kind of performance. No, you're not. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. It's uh, and you, you you're and not look, entitled to have one, let alone four a four. And uh, look, personally, me, uh, I I actually I've wanted to do this several times, but I go to De- I go to Devin Smith and say, mate, when a guy's 15 yards out on a on a yes on an angle, but 15 yards out, don't call for the handball for you to kick. Yeah on your wrong foot just because you want the goal. Uh, 
sorry, you know, the guy with the ball is actually a pretty good kick. Uh, you don't need to have every goal. You know, let's let's be a team. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> mate, it's uh, it, it's like you said, we're, we've Scott and I think we're both on the same page with regards to. Uh, everybody needs to change their opinion about the club just at the moment, right? Because even if we win next week, I, I, I'm, I'm still as clueless as to what we are as a team as I was at game one. I'm as, I'm a dumbfounded about Geelong. Dumbfounded completely. Had no idea what went wrong. And we all went, okay, but, uh, let's move on. But, but even with Geelong, right, and this is what I said after the Geelong the signs were there against the Saints in the preseason game before yes. that. Were they, that midfield was so poor in the first half. I mean, it was it was exactly like the second half of the Dockers, that first half against the Saints. So the signs were there, and that's when I instantly had my alarm bells off. When that Geelong game happened, because I, I remember saying on that podcast, okay, you've had the JLT, you've got out of the way. You would look at that midfield group after that JLT game against St Kilda, who smashed you in the midfield. I mean, it was obliterated those guys in the first half and go, guys, okay, that's not happening again. It's a JLT fine. Hmm. We're you coming out, out of the way. We're coming out to play against Geelong. We've got Dangerfield, Selwood. Let's come out to play. We're going to, and that's when the alarm bell went off for me that in the first five minutes of the game, we were absolutely You can't be fired up and motivated in the first five minutes of the AFL season. That's what that's when I know it sounds funny, but that's when the alarm bell went off for me. It's I know it's crazy early in the season, but I was so worried that the midfield got smashed the week before that there was no response. Uh and now we're you know, so for me everyone says after five games, to me it's in my head after six games of, of the midfield um uh, being and it's not because of the big-bodied mid situation either. It's just effort. It's just desire. It's yeah. just desire. So not effort. It's desire. That's right. It's to. It's the. It's the Matt Guelfi. If you Matt, if you had four Matt Guelfies in the midfield, you'd be no problems at all. The fact that you're ten oh. centimeters smaller than somebody else, ten centimeters. Grab a ruler and look at it, man. It's not that big. It's not such a massive thing to be one eighty-two versus one ninety-two. Yes, you're smaller than somebody, right? But with you've got Matt Guelfi's effort in the midfield, you're going to match the 192. Now, sure, Bont, Crisp, um, uh, not Crisp, what's his, Crips, Bont, all those big, chunky units in the midfield, and String is our version of that. They are stronger than other footballers, and that's why they're big-bodied mids and they're great. Oh, well. But they have the desire to do it. We don't have the desire at the moment. I mean... The 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 guys who tear us apart against Brisbane, right? Were Zorko, Neil, and McCluggage. They're all small. They're all what? tiny. That's exactly right. I mean, they're, they're all. That's nothing to do with that. It's, this it's, re- this requirement for a big bodied mid thing is is utter utter bollocks. Seriously, because with with the amount of talent that we're sure we don't have merit in there, fine. And Stringer's not in there, fine. But for goodness' sake, at some stage, can we stop relying on Jake Stringer? Like, wouldn't it be nice if Jake Stringer was the extra little bit that we had on top and that he could spend the majority of the game down forward because our mids were performing the way they should? I'm sorry, but Parrish and Mer- uh, Merritt's not there, but Parrish, Shield especially, Caldwell now, who's a decent player, and McGrath, they're all talented enough to not do what happened on the weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just... 
can't shut up shop after half time like that. Just, no, and it's it's ridiculous. You can't allow you can't allow ten goals in a row. You just can't. You can't consider yourself serious as a football club. Uh, so, but nobody made a move. Like that's not even the midfielders. I know you'd probably get in trouble. Maybe unless you were Heps or somebody like that. If you would get in trouble, if Andy McGrath said Heps, man, just chuck rids or just chuck somebody from the forward line down back. Chuck somebody down there, man, for the rest of this quarter. Stop the bleeding just for the rest of this quarter. Let's go into the quarter. Let's swap the guy back and see if we can get back into the game. But they allowed 10 damn goals, man. It, that's It's so disheartening. Yep. Really. Let's go to a break. Uh, there was a VFL game on as well. We'll do a quick five minutes coverage of the VFL. Cool. Um, and then we'll wrap it up of, of the angry show. Uh, yeah, it hasn't really been positive, guys. And I, I apologise if we're not our sort of normal windswept and witty self, but... That, but you got to call it out. Yeah, gotta, I'm, I'm pissed off. I really am. you got to call it out. Uh, like you said, you're, you're right in saying, and I think we said at the start of the show, we understand we're an inexperienced side. We're 18th in, 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 in experience. All that. I'm not, I'm not, I'll say it again. I'm not knocking the Perkins and these guys who are, who, who have played the 25 in games under, I I know who I'm thinking about when I think that game was unacceptable. Yeah. And it's the guys between 50 to 150 games yeah. uh, that's got to stand up for this club and carry some weight. And after halftime, they, they didn't at all. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, they can play a lot better than that. And and it's about time they started to. So we'll go to a break. Past we'll, time. We'll talk VFL. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. <laughs> All my music's been angry today. So. It has. Um, Scotty's, <laughs> mate, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The veins in the forehead are popping out. Let's get Scotty's talking. I give it that tip. VFL. Actually, funny enough, did everyone just wake up in a really crappy mood today? I was in a, Scotty was I was in a filthy <laughs> mood today. <laughs> my poor wife, she's like, I mean, I don't take it on my way, so I don't think that way. I'm, I'm very, very nice that way. But she could see in my face, she goes, oh, Oh, you're 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 not too happy. Be- are you? Best like, not to be trifling with Scotty today. Just quietly. <laughs> I was so filthy when I wake up. <laughs> uh, usually I'm like, oh, well, I'll sleep on it. You know, I'll do this show and I'll you be- wake up the next day and you go, yeah, there were a couple of good points. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, Grant, when we do the, when we do the pod today, <laughs> let's just sure we got to address the fact that we didn't win, but. Man, I saw some good sock. No, none of that. I there wake was- up. I wake up. I, I was angry last night. And then when I wake up, I was like, now I'm even more angry. <laughs> so it didn't. I yeah, just supposed didn't, to cool my, down a little bit after my sleep. sleep didn't help. No. Uh, so um, yeah, that's fine. Oh well. So and you know I, I've been following Brooklyn Lynette lately, and they lost on the buzzer. So. So it was just one of those. It's just a great weekend. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Imagine look, if you had to go to work today too. Oh. oh, thank goodness for the day off. If you had to, had to go to work today and be nice to people at work. Ooh. Mm. Okay. So, look, uh, we obviously lost also in the VFL. Uh, that did have some positive signs. Uh, unfortunately, the VFL is winless. So, you know, we are... One and four and nil and four and the two Just, <laughs> AFL and VFL. So Yeah, we've got problems guys. But I feel like the VFL in parts have been having some good moments. No doubt 
a VFL is, I under, do understand, is a lot more affected when the AFL has injuries because obviously all the all the reserves come in from the VFL. So I do get that. Uh, but look, obviously Kane Baldwin kicking five goals one is a really positive step. Absolutely. Um, six marks. Um, and, it, you know, he, he looks good. He, he, and, you know, his previous game he kicked three. Um, so, you know... He's doing his apprenticeship and he's doing it well uh, as far as learning his craft through the VFL uh, and, you know, it's going well. It's, it's you know, he's, he's missed a lot of years of football and for me, I don't think I could ask for any more to where what Crane Baldwin is doing with missing so much time of football. He's showing you that he's not a VFL talent. Right? Yes. He's showing you he's an AFL talent. And that's this is – I've said this before and I won't harp on it too much, but this is the kind of experience that I wanted for Hobbsy, right? This is the kind of experience where I wanted him to spend two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight – Weeks in the in the VFL, showing everybody that he's not he's not a VFL. Learning against those larger bodied VFL blokes, figuring out how to play the game, getting some legs underneath him, kicking his threes and his fives until a point where he's kicked three, five. He's averaging three goals, another four, another three, another two. Hobbsy? No, meaning oh, like yeah, Baldwin and yeah, that, sorry, right? Sorry, yeah, I was going to say. Performing really, really well. So when he does come into the side, he's on a high. He's kicked threes and fives and he mm. knows he can play, right? But Hobbsy's sure he's averaged 20-odd possessions and he's performing well. I'll give him that. But he's being brought in as an emergency. Oh, Hobbsy, you've got to help us, mate. You've got to absolutely help us. As opposed to we're performing well. Hobbsy's beaten the door down. We've got to let this kid in to play. Now we need him because it's an emergency. And, yeah, and the ironic part, we need him at half forward, not in his actual exactly right. position. So, um, but he, you know... We actually didn't mention Hobbsy. He's 15 disposals, five tackles. Not bad. Not bad. Half forward, great, good, real good steps. Have no issue with him playing playing again, Um, you know, considering the other, you know. Look, hey, he had five tackles. (laughs) He did second best out of 22 guys. Exactly right. So, uh, yeah, you get a game. If you want to pressure the other side, you get a game on my team. So good on you. Yeah. uh, Tex Wanken in uh, two goals, three, uh, really had a presence about him. Um, his two goals were sensational, by the way. Yeah. Uh, again, just that mercurial kind of side to him. Uh, yeah. So that, no doubt they'll have a think about that, uh, about, you know, where that all sits. Um, I don't know if he'll come in. Uh, you know, the, he'd probably have to take a Devin Smith. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they'll think about that. But, um, but uh, you know, Walla, let's be honest, had a quiet game. He had four disposals and a goal. Um, just, But uh, I'm glad Truck – I know people <laughs> – okay, I've got to mention something. I'm glad – look out. I'm glad Truck was honest in the post-press when they asked about Walla uh, because it's – I think it's – I think it's reality. And I know people have all asked – Walla, there's a lot of people saying Walla has to play Anzac Day, not from the vision I'm seeing. Um, uh, he's my personal view is I can't um, in this podcast call the club to have a higher standard in how they operate and how they perform and how they present themselves in games, and then demand Walla yeah. to play next week, who needs two or three weeks of still running. 
and I don't say it as a negative towards Rollo because he's obviously battled a lot of stuff. Um, I say that it's just reality that he's come a long way, which is fantastic, but a, a long way still short of AFL ready. And Truck was very – have a look at his face when he says it. It's very – determined that he's not blame Waller next week. Mm. So he said, no, Waller's still a while off. Um, that's reality. Yep. Uh, he, he, oh, you've got to get to a certain – he's – I mean, basically trucks watching a, a team not running both ways because they're – you know, you're questioning their own fitness and he's he's probably questioning some, some of the fitness of his own guys playing. So he's not going to play – a guy who's another he's level fitness. Clearly half fit. He's, he's a level fitness be, yeah. below those guys. That's not a statement you make to a team because that ma- that that makes a coach a really susceptible to guys going, well, what the heck? Um, and the other thing too, I think is, is which is interesting, is he would be he would be very very tempted to bring in Stringer for, for Anzac Day, biggest home and away game of the year for any club, um, and you've got Stringer there. Yeah. Maybe a 70% fit stringer on Anzac Day helps us to get over the line. Maybe he'd be thinking about it. He ruled both of them, excuse me, both of them out really quickly. Yeah. He just yeah. said, nut, stringer's nut, gone, uh, wall and nut. Yeah, and you just, you can't, we've, we've got to learn our lesson on injuries, so we, we can't rush guys back. Um, yeah, especially, we get, with the, especially, we get, with beat, the, we get beat. especially with the Snelling, you know, Langford, these guys are coming back and the first game's coming back out again. You've you got to learn your lesson uh, and say they've got to be fully ready um, to to have their bodies ready for AFL, for all the hits and all the speed and all the sprints. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be looking at yeah. the ability to run out games of football before any of that stuff. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think there's going to be massive changes. I will say this. Harrison Jones is an interesting one for me. Um I don't know where his ankle is at. He obviously, again, had a – I don't know if he rolled it. Yeah, but little tweak. Uh, but he did come on after that. So the eight-day break makes it interesting. You suspect his ankle will probably be okay by Monday. Um, but just on his movement, I was surprised how well he was moving. Um, and I was surprised how well his hands were, actually, too. Um, in, in that first quarter, he was electric. He was really, really impressive. Um, so, yeah, he's an interesting. It help one. out, Righty. Yeah, well, it help him out. Righty desperately needs another tool. It yeah. just, so that would be interesting. I was hoping Francis, to be honest, was going to put in a, a good one to to put some pressure, but he didn't. He Any it. chance of Reed? Uh, I know he hasn't yeah. done anything, but yeah, like he no doubt had his best game of the year. Yesterday, okay, um, had fourteen or fifteen um, disposals, and I was just—he looked a bit more playing sh- down back or forward. Yeah, down back. He's yeah. been playing down back since he started. Looked a bit more assured, um, but I just my gut feel is not there yet. Okay. Um, uh, that's just my gut feel. I, I, I understand. I don't mind some young kids getting games, but I feel like they have to be ready. And when you're that young. Um, no, and, and just so exactly I, what I, I've been saying. I don't have that rush vibe about Reedy. Uh, you, when he's ready, we should probably be in a two or three weeks time. Yeah, okay, play him. Yeah, just if you want to grow a, a backline unit, and and you know you're going to cop one or two losses, maybe because season's of it. all but over anyway. So you might as well. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just don't. I suspect. You know how bad his preseason was, and well, he didn't have one. Um, you know, he said the back and he had the foot. 
He's coming back, and that was the first time I thought, okay, you're starting to get a sense of footy again. But in my head, no, you're still a couple of weeks mm. to go to that another level I think is closer to AFL level. Um, so, but tracking, again, like while I'm tracking well, like tracking, mm. it's great to have these guys actually great. visible in the side. Give him half a dozen more games in the VFL then. I think Cody, I think, uh, Cody Brand actually is travelling not too bad. Um, I know he's been working hard on his fitness, trying to get to, to another level. I've been yep. watching at training, doing doing the extra running drills. Um, so there's there's guys there that are growing. They're very young lists, and we're no doubt we're a, a very very young list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's um, the, the VFL. I think two weeks in a row we've kicked over 100 points, but lost. So. <laughs> So we, again, uh, defense uh, <laughs> seems like defense six, is our issue. Like I, I, I mean, our forward six at the start of the game. Yeah, like I said, our forward six was, you know, um, Josh Air, uh, Aaron Francis, Harrison Jones, Baldwin, Tex Wanganeen, and Waller. And you go, that's is that not- better than our current <laughs> AFL one? <laughs> I know. Like you would do wonder, you like if <laughs> if they're all, you know that does actually look quite good. Apart um, from righty in there, so they're scoring. Chuck- yeah, that where scoring is not an option. But um, uh, you know, obviously you're taking Hobbs out of the midfield, and um, and Cutler obviously came in. So your VFL, you, you're relying on uh, Atley uh, to carry a lot of the load in the midfield. So you just they didn't recruit enough probably midfielders in the midfield mm. for the VFL, sorry, to be able to handle that. And that's – they're getting a little bit like the seniors. They're getting, they're getting carved up through the middle um, and the teams are just scoring too easy for them. So, um, yeah, we have the same kind of defensive problems in the VFL where yeah. the high scores are kicked against us. So, yeah, it's all just fun. Um, fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so look uh, – that's about it for us. Uh, look, yeah, it's I, I think the next show, with, I can't promise you, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have uh, – I called my good friend, Ron Connolly, uh, and said, mate, I need your <laughs> I need your yeah. take. Third, third uh, expert, third-party opinion. <laughs> yeah, you're probably sick of our takes. Um, so I'll see if Ron Connolly can do uh, the reaction to the Anzac Day. So – Here's hoping. Uh, team will be out Thursday. Um, will be a bit weird, this one, because it's a Thursday team for a Monday game. So you sense a lot of things could change. From mm, the, the, a lot of people named. So, yeah. So we'll see how we go. Uh, sorry, Essendon fans. It's it's a, it's a tough time again. Uh, it's, this is not how we wanted to celebrate the 150th year. No, it absolutely is not. Uh, you know, I do feel sorry for the uh, Essendon social media team who have to actually try and <laughs> Present yeah, anything, re- anything with some sort of optimism. Uh, I know they got something big planned for the Eston Carlton game. God, I'm fearful of that. Um, of what the yeah, we could come here. It could all be great. There could be legends left and right. We get pumped. That <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you were Carlton, you'd really want to beat us in that game too. Like you'd really come out hard if you're going to celebrate your 150th and it's Carlton Essendon. Yeah, that's they're really going to come out hardest. I know. I was, I was livid. Port Adelaide didn't win in the end, but uh, <laughs> uh, at least it would have been nice to have them have three and two and have a little bit humbled. But now they're born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, All right, guys. 
Um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, as always, we do uh, the Patreon show, patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. Check us out on there. We do a Thursday night team selection show. We also do the post game reaction show that we know everybody loves. Um, directly after the game, Scotty and I jump on and give a feel. <laughs> we just cry. We just, for the last few weeks, have just <laughs> wiped away the tears before we start talking. Um, but then we do the main pod, obviously, on a Monday like today. So um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We will talk to you guys on, or talk to the Patreons on Thursday. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Hey, hey, Scotty, is this the intro music? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Scotty's done the intro music, everybody. Yay! I'm not well. Oh, no, he's, he's, not, he's really not happy at the moment. Bye, everybody. <laughs>